You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at Locked On Pelicans. Uh, com. Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter here with you all on this Wednesday second podcast of the week back on schedule and we got a couple of things I want to talk about in today's show first we had media availability for each one more Derek favors I said that could be illuminating for a number of reasons right we know the Pelican signed Cinderius Thorwell as a substitute player whatever that really means there's still some confusion about all this it might have been one of those guys well I'll let you know if it is or not or if they're both going to Orlando. Then let's take a look at Brandon Ingram, his media availability, him growing as a leader, saying all of the right things. And then finally, we're going to wrap up because there's a question posed to me about Lonzo and free agency. That's going to be weird. I think you guys have heard me mention this before. I think it gets even more complicated right now. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. So today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. All right, so the mystery continues for Pelicans fans about the player that Cinderius Thornwell is replacing um, on the team. You know, I thought it could have been Etwan Moore, maybe seemed to make a little bit of sense, or Derek Favors, since both were speaking to the media today. And by the way, the team is flying to Orlando today when you're listening to this, so though I don't believe there's any media availability as they're still kind of figuring all of that out once they get there. Um, but it might be one of those guys because I don't think it does anyone any good when you're speculating about this when like we will find out this is just a little weird you know what just kind of one of those things I get it from you know the privacy perspective of everything but like that eventually like you'll know and there's no privacy when it comes to that so just kind of tell people but each one more and Derek Favors spoke and guess what both are going to Orlando it sounds like from our media availability with them the other day and these are two guys that are going to be really important. Yes, from the on-court perspective with Derek Favors. And I want to talk about that in tomorrow's show, which we're going to really dedicate to the defense, the improvement, and what's going to happen on that end of the court, particularly with him, with no Jeff Bizdelic there, all of that stuff. Um, but I want to spend more time on that than we have in today's episode. So Derek Favors is going to be important because both of these guys who are kind of like veteran NBA players on the team, you know, both have made the playoffs. Not many guys on this Pelicans roster have actually made the playoffs. None of the Lakers guys have. That's three guys right there. None of the rookies have. That's another three guys right there. Uh, Drew has. Derek Favors has. J.J. Redick. Etuan Moore. And we can go through a few others. But not a whole lot of guys have made the playoffs here. And so I think this is a big deal to kind of have these veteran guys who are going into a weird situation to really help some of these younger guys along during this process. So... 
it was interesting to hear Derek Favors talk about it and doesn't seem really phased by anything that's going to go on in Orlando. He said, quote, this break allowed me to get right mentally, especially after my mom passed. I just wasn't in a good place and I always used basketball to take my mind off it. Now I feel like I've had my time to grieve and self-reflect on her passing uh, on her passing away. And now I feel like I'm in a better place mentally. Physically, I feel good. Even during the break, I was doing small stuff like making sure I was stretching certain muscles, making sure I was keeping flexible, just trying to do the best I could. And it worked out. So I'm coming back. I feel great physically, mentally, and I'm ready to go. If we had a game tomorrow, I'd be ready. So when we get down to Orlando, I'll be ready to go. That's a big deal, you know, just to say that like, this isn't a problem. It'll be kind of fine. I think it'll be okay uh, on all of that. And having a guy who can kind of radiate that calmness, radiate that preparation to some of these other guys, uh, the young guys on the team that haven't experienced anything like this, I think is really, really big. And it's also interesting that he talked about, you know, everyone's been asking, what's it going to be like to play without fans? And a lot of guys are like, you know, I don't know. This is going to be weird. This might be difficult. And Derek Favre said, it will just be like playing AAU basketball again. I haven't played that in about 12 years, so I'll need to get used to that. But it will definitely be something different, not having the crowd out there, not having the momentum when you make a big play or a big shot. Um, but I think guys are, we don't kind we don't pay attention to the crowd during the game anyway. So it'll be different, but I think guys will just go out there and do their job and not really worry about the fans not being there. And we'll just have to adjust with it again. doesn't seem phased by this sort of thing. And I think that's kind of the right approach and having guys on the team that think that, you know, it has to make you feel kind of confident of the Pelicans adjusting to this. Each one more echoed it. He said, quote, I don't feel like it's that strange. I feel like we're basketball players. We've been playing in empty arenas. Think about this. We play more basketball in empty arenas than we do full arenas with all of the practices, scrimmages, summertime. So I don't think it will be that bad. I think it will be a lot more fun, actually. It will be a more intimate feeling, not, going, uh, not much going on around us. So all the attention will be on the game. The, everyone wants to trade each one more away because, you know, salary filling and all that and just kind of makes sense. He's expiring. Um, and you could have made the case for Derek Favors in that, too. If you wanted to try and swing a big trade, you need to include salary. And these are two guys that it would make a lot of sense with it. Yet their veteran presence, I think, is a really important thing to have around the team alongside a guy like J.J. Redick, even Drew Holiday to a degree. But these two just being like, yeah, this is no big deal. We've got this. It'll be cool. And somehow teaching that or at least helping these other players get in the right mindset, I think is a really big thing. So these guys, one of them in Derek Favors is going to play a big role on the court. Each one more, you know, plays a role on the court. I think an important one, again, Drew has the famous quote now from the season of when each one plays, we win, but you know, he, you know, not a guy that's going to be necessarily a difference maker, but having him there, you know, has to make you feel a little bit better than if you don't. So I think uh, that is a great thing for the team to have. So we'll get into Brandon Ingram here in just a minute, but today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer just trying to save a little bit of money or basically an experienced home mechanic with the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars out there, it's impossible for chain stores to stock all the different parts that your car may need and the specific one and the person working behind the counter does not know what the right part is for you, which means you might end up getting the wrong thing. And that's never what you want. 
You want an easy way to shop for the parts for your car that are reliably low priced and rockauto.com is the best way to go about it. Their online catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So Brandon Ingram had his media availability the other day. We talked a little bit about it, and it was illuminating from a number of uh, reasons and aspects. But I think one of the biggest ones is, and we we talked about this on the show too, of that this is kind of going to be the man on the team. You know, Zion's going to impress. Zion's going to look good. He already looks good just looking at all the pictures and video of him. But Ingram's kind of the guy. That's your closer. That's the guy that needs to get you a score when you need a score in a close game. And that's the guy who ultimately feels like the one that's going to lead the team to the playoffs uh, if they get in. It's going to be Ingram. He's the leading scorer on the team. Yes, all that stuff about Zion, but it's Ingram. We all know this right now. It'll be Zion eventually for sure, but right now Ingram. And so watching him kind of grow into a leader or feel the importance to do that and vocally say it makes you feel really good. And I'll read you some of his lines in a minute, but contrast this to AD, Anthony Davis, as, as I read off some of this stuff. So this is, the, you know, the Pelicans send out the, the transcripts of everything. This is him talking about why he ultimately decided to go to Orlando. And it's, quote, well, I mean, I didn't look at it as if I had a choice of going or not. I think my teammates knew that I didn't want to sit out or anything. I just want to play basketball at the end of the day. I think, like I always go back to, me being hurt made me want to come out and play basketball all the time. So when I got the chance and when I got the chance to do it, I'm just going to go do it and be full force at it. I know that my teammates know that I'm there 100%, 110%, so I've got to be there. It wasn't a question. Just hearing his commitment to coming back and playing, I think is really cool. Hearing that commitment, uh, and David Griffin said he wants all of these guys to be like all in on this. If you're coming to Orlando, you've got to be there mentally. You've got to be ready to play. You've got to want to do this. And it sounds like with Brandon Ingram, yeah, he wants to go and do this. And, you know, that blood clot that was very scary in his shoulder last season that ended his year prematurely seems to have kind of renewed his love of basketball, makes him want to play it all the time, as he says. Having a guy that's that committed has to make you kind of feel good about his growth, about him maturing and becoming a leader during all of this. And so he'd mentioned that, you know, if uh, because of the blood clot, you know, it was a big part of making him want to go. And so he always wants to kind of be there playing and all of that. Um, and so he also talked a little bit about, uh, you know, going out and trying to kind of prove that it's just the, that he's going to be a winner in a playoff situation. And he says, quote, I don't think prove is the right word. I think I'm just excited to compete. I think every time we get out on the basketball floor, I think that's the biggest word is just compete, 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 compete. I think that with uh, I think with that, we just have to bring the effort. The easiest part is on the offensive end. I think we all know how to get the ball in the basket and make the right play. I think it's the defensive end where we have to pay attention to, put urgency on, and pay attention to every detail and every minute of the game. That will tie in more to what we're going to discuss tomorrow when we really look at the defensive side of the ball. But 
This is what you want to hear from this guy. You want him totally committed like this to just playing basketball, to being the best basketball player uh, that he can be. And he also talked about needing to be a leader on the team. And this was in response to a question asking that if, you know, certain Pelicans coaches are unable to go to Orlando, how does that affect his leadership role? And he goes, absolutely. I think at this point we have a few guys on the team that have been to the playoffs and been in huge games and some meaningful stuff. But I think at this point, this is a time where we come together even more. We get to figure out more about each other. We get to figure out our strengths, our weaknesses on the basketball floor, and what we can attack each night. I think whoever goes will grow as a team even more during the situation. You want a guy to say these things. Again, 100% committed to being there and realizing that it's going to take a lot of team chemistry to be successful in this environment. And when you look at a team like the Nets that's losing people left and right, I think they have six guys out um, right now that aren't going to make the trip to Orlando. And you kind of look at them and go, what's the point of them even going? Or the Washington Wizards that are no longer going to have Bradley Beal. That's a team the Pels play. That will be something we touch on too. All the guys that aren't going to be there uh, that the Pelicans play. What's the point of the Wizards going without Bradley Beal or Darius Bertons, right? But, or sorry, Davis Bertons. Darius was the one on the Pelicans. Uh, but what's the point of them going? There's a lot to gain for a lot of those guys. There's a lot to gain for the team even over eight games in a do-or-die situation right now. If the Pelicans can come together even more as a team but they don't make the playoffs, that's okay. But you have Ingram there saying all the right things that, look, it's not just about getting to the playoffs, but about growing as a team. You have a young group of guys that are going to be here together for a very long time. At least it seems like it. Ingram being one of them, the only reason he leaves the team this offseason is if the Pelicans don't want him. And I don't think that's going to be the case, right? So him going out and saying we need to come together and if he can take steps to ensure that the team comes together, that they grow as a group, that they spend time learning their strengths, learning their weaknesses. I was talking about this in regards to not a basketball team, knowing your coworker strengths, knowing their weaknesses and where you can fill in these kind of gaps so that you become the strongest team possible. Having a guy that's aware of all of that in Ingram here, who's supposed to be your go-to guy, I think is a really big deal. Now contrast this to Anthony Davis. And think about his time here, never really kind of growing into the leader that we've all wanted him to be. Even on the Lakers, he's not the best player on the Lakers. That is LeBron James. Will be Anthony Davis eventually, but it's LeBron James. He's playing second fiddle right now. He's not the man. He never really grew into that role. He was never the outspoken guy. He never felt like he was holding his teammates accountable. It didn't even necessarily feel like he was building the best relationship with all of them in the locker room. Maybe Drew Holiday because of them working out together in the offseason, but not like that entire group coming together at any point during his tenure. Yes, when they made the playoffs at one point, that was kind of cool um, with Omer Ashik and all the stuff going in to face the Warriors on the final day of the regular season. And there was a lot of camaraderie there, but did it feel like a cohesive group? No, this Pelicans roster does, and everyone seems rather aware of it. So hearing Ingram, the guy that's you know arguably the best player on the team right now, stating all of the right things, and Anthony Davis just never did it, always left you kind of wanting when it came to that sort of thing. I love this. As a Pelicans fan, you should love this. This should probably make you want to buy a Brandon Ingram jersey right now. So it's awesome. This is what you want. There's a lot still left to play for for all of these teams going to the bubble, particularly when you hear players like this talking about some of them.
So before we wrap up talking about Lonzo Ball's contract situation, which, you know, we're addressing probably a year too early, but it's still up for extension. Don't forget to subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from here Monday, Wednesday, Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Have another project in the works, too, for you all soon as well. So go hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you get the latest episode when it comes out. And also, please leave a five-star review with a comment. It takes like three seconds. You could just say, it's great. That's all I need you to do 30 seconds wherever you get your podcast from leave it a five-star review that stuff matters helps keep this free for you all especially at a time when podcast numbers and revenues and all this are down need those kind of things to really make sure things keep going and if you want to tell a friend especially when the restart happens and they want to kind of catch up on everything that's going on great way to do it is by listening to the show here so go hit that subscribe button leave a five-star review tell a friend and i thank you all for listening to locked on pelicans as is too so wrapping up today's show here, let's talk about Lonzo Ball. This comes from Flights No Feelings, F-E-E-L-N-S, uh, here on Twitter, N-E-S, or maybe it's I-E-N-S. Sorry if I butchered all of this here, but he sent me a question asking, you know, is there any benefit to letting Lonzo see what the market is for his services during restricted free agency? So not this season, it would be after next season says, I have reservations about paying him max, max money, like BI money. Do you think another team would offer him the max? Lonzo's situation is weird. So I, I've talked about this, and I've talked about this with like every guest on the team, uh, on, the, on the team, on the show, that arguably his value, he, he's worth more to the, he's more valuable to the Pelicans as a player than any other team. He's not great in the half court, really isn't. He's great in transition. He's a good three-point shooter. I think that's safe to say now. So he helps you there. But he's like a playmaker in the half court, not you know like a traditional point guard necessarily, like a Steve Nash, like you might kind of think of him. Doesn't have the aggression to go drive to the basket. And when he does get fouled and goes to the line, which is rare, doesn't shoot well. And that's a big, big problem. So on another team that doesn't play in transition as much, he's not as good of a player. Because his weaknesses are magnified more. He's spending more time in situations where he's not as good as he does here on New Orleans. So I think that is something to keep in mind with all of this. So here's the thing. Normally, in, in a non-COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic situation, you know, you maybe make him an offer this offseason and try and get him on a bit of a discount. If you think he's going to get a max contract, and look, the Pelicans are running numbers, running scenarios, kind of having an idea of how much cap space is out there. Would this team maybe try and do it? They're trying to gather intel on all of this stuff. Like a lot of this stuff goes on behind the scenes, really kind of running through different scenario situations. But, you know, if they think he's going to get a max deal, yeah, you try and sign him this offseason. And then his contract will go into effect after next season. And you get him for a discount because no one's going to be able to sign him for a max deal then. You definitely, I don't think, offer him a max contract this offseason. So then, say he rejects that and won't do it. He's like, I'm going to go into restricted free agency. That's where things get weird because you know what? Yeah, someone might offer him a max deal and now you've forced to match or let him go. And that is not a great situation. The other negative scenario of this is, and maybe why you offer him a max this offseason, I guess, is if he decides he wants to go to another team, and they make him an offer, and then the Pelicans match, and he comes back. You have an Eric Gordon situation. Did anyone like that? Did any of you like the Eric Gordon situation? His heart was in Phoenix, remember? They signed him to a max deal. Four years, 48, whatever it was. And maybe it was more than that. Maybe it was 68. I don't even remember. Um, too much money. And so 
you know, he came back and he didn't want to be here. And that's never a good situation. That can infect the locker room a little bit. I'm not saying that happened with Eric Gordon, but it's not a great position to be in. And then he feels kind of offended potentially too by it. Maybe he knew he would end up back here that if a team made him a max deal and the Pelicans would match. He's going to be a little bit upset that the Pelicans didn't do it. What does that say about the Pelicans' confidence in him if they're not going to offer him a max contract or to offer him that deal right away? What does that say about their confidence in him to be a very good NBA player? It doesn't say like, hey, we are sold on you. We want you here for the long term, right? Even if that's what ends up happening, it doesn't come off that way to him. And that can be detrimental. He's upset. He's insulted. These things matter in all of this. Heck, they matter in everyday life, in your job, and all of that stuff. So that's a big risk with it. Just pissing off the dude, upsetting the dude, insulting the dude, making him not feel valued. That can be an important thing, particularly for a guy who kind of needs that confidence in him, it seems like, to have that faith in him from the coaching staff, from an organization. So that is a big risk. It's not a risk of letting him walk. And you know what? If someone offers him a max deal and he was going to get close to that anyway, and you know, you're off by $2 million a year, like you kind of shrug to retain top talent here in a small market. Like it's kind of the premium you got to pay. But I worry about the other aspects and complications with it that could influence it. Now, here's the thing. We're not in this environment where there's, where there's no pandemic. We don't know what the salary cap is going to be next season or even the season after that. It may make Lonzo Ball take... A, a more long-term contract if it looks like things might drop. Maybe they freeze it next year and then the revenue doesn't quite come back as much as they thought and all of that stuff. So is he maybe more likely to take a contract this offseason or what if the salary cap drops too much and he's like, not, not a chance. Am I going to take anything kind of built off of this number? And so I'm going to do it later. And... So these are the kind of situations that go into it. His is going to be complicated. It's going to be a little weird unless nothing happens this offseason and he basically just lights it up next season. That might make it really easy. That's a good thing to have happen. If you've got to pay that dude max money and you're the team that makes that offer to him, he balled out. And that's what we want. So I'm okay with that scenario. But yeah, there is definitely um, a risk to seeing what it might happen in restricted free agency just due to the, the kind of mental side of all of that, the, the insultingness of it. So that's something to kind of keep in mind when his negotiations start this offseason and potentially go in over the course of next year. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. We got more tomorrow. We'll talk about the defense um, as we get ready for the NBA's restart. Defense is going to be really important. Now, they tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Also, thank you to our title sponsor today's show, rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Friday.